I feel like his wife needs to be here. I'm like, if Dean came home with a piece of a plane, we'd be like, oh. It wasn't a piece, but well, I'll tell you the story real quick. (laughs) Good morning, everybody. Welcome. Episode 120, KT Confidential, the real estate podcast. Although today I don't know if we're talking real estate at all. We'll see where it goes. Oh, we got to talk a little bit of real estate somewhere in there. It always kind of turns full circle and comes back somehow. Today, we've got Amanda, aka Amanda Muse with us, and Joanna. Joanna, thanks for joining us again. Thank you. Um, Amanda, you're our special guest today, and we always like to have our guests kind of give us their origin story. Like, tell us your history, how you, how you ended up here today. Well, Joanna is my work wife. And uh, how do we know each other? Well, basically, I'm a YouTuber. That's my job. And I started that uh, nine years ago. And I was living overseas and I was a new mom. And I thought it was a pretty interesting story to, you know, document with a camera. And so here we are. And it's a dog barking as well. Hello, madam. Um, And, you know, after nine years, naturally, YouTube then grew to Instagram. And madam, come here. YouTube grew to Instagram and, and, you know, TikTok and the podcasting. So I'm a podcast host as well. And that's kind of that. Very nice. And how, how did you decide to one day pick up a camera and just start recording? Mm. So this was going back to uh, 2010 is when I moved from Vancouver to Penang, or I was living in Kuala Lumpur at the time, but I'm living in Malaysia and YouTube was starting to generate these communities. People were recreating channels and asking for subscribers. And, you know, it was all very new, but I found myself coming back to certain channels, specifically people starting families and having babies. And I was very curious. And when we did have our daughter in Malaysia, Malaysia, I realized this is really strange time and I don't really have family around to share it with. So maybe if I, you know, pick up a camera and start sharing this experience, it could become something. Uh, and it did. And, um, you know, and it's evolved to be a business. So it was like this little fun hobby that turned into a pretty neat job. It's a lot of work. Favorite I remember Malaysian I was, food. What is oh, it? Favorite geez. Malaysian food. I had this little restaurant down the hill that we would take our, my husband would take our little, uh, it's, we called her blueberry. She was Such like a, a little cute motorbike. start to a story. There's this little restaurant down the yeah. hill. <laughs> it was literally down the hill. I can and visualize it. Yeah. And everybody <laughs> sits around on these plastic tables and plastic chairs and, you know, big round circle tables, very Chinese style. Cause Penang, Malaysia is really strong Chinese influence as well. And you could get this spicy chicken with like these chilies, basically chili chicken, and then this Chinese broccoli. And I could eat that. I mean, that in Nando's, which Nando's is more mainstream, but like pretty much twice a week, it was delicious. Spicy, spicy, you know? So good. Do they good. serve any kind of a dipping sauce or something with it? It's very, like you can, they say gravy, you know, it's called a gravy, but it just means like saucy. And so you could have some stuff with like extra saucy and you'd get your Indian food as well down the other road and um, your delicious drinks in a bag and things like it's very Southeast Asia. It was awesome. And do you or your husband make that ever at home now? We haven't made that one, but my husband is quite the chef and we've been dabbling with some Malaysian cuisine to share with my Malaysian audience on YouTube. I have a pretty strong Malaysian, you know, click that's happening there. And so we like to see what we can get for ingredients, but it is hard to cook Malaysian style in Canada. 
Well, I always like to dabble in uh, trying new recipes and and trying new foods from different parts of the world. So if mm-hmm. any of your Malaysian listeners happen to stumble up on this podcast and they have a recipe for this spicy chicken, uh, <laughs> I would love to have it. <laughs> sounds good. Um, I want to talk a little bit about your podcast. And actually, yes. I, I, I wanted to bring Joanna into that because I've always wondered why you don't have a podcast, but that's a whole <laughs> other conversation. So let's talk about your podcast. Why Why did you start it? And I've looked back and, you know, you're, you're a seasoned podcaster um, and you've gone on to now have two podcasts, one for, for your friend O'Brand and, and um, you know, you've got a quite a history there, but what, what prompted you to start it and how has it evolved? Like how have you ran your podcast now compared to when you started? Because we're 120 episodes in, we've been doing Mm -hmm. this for two years. We have no idea where the hell it goes or where it's going. (laughs) Uh, We have fun doing it most of the time when Adrian has a questionable full meal in his belly and he's not upset at me over something but um so so can you give us a little bit of that um kind of insight sure so i find that my channel you know is it's like a place where you you know you're hanging with a friend and you're sharing thoughts and conversation over coffee and that's sort of always been my vibe online and so when podcasting came about i remember it was 2018 and i thought this is what I already do. So I thought about it for like a year and then talked to Joanna about it. And she was finally like, damn it, woman, just do it. And so, (laughs) you know, when you're learning something new, like you said, you know, you don't really know what you're doing when you first take on a podcast or anything, it seems like you're doing this insanely difficult project. You're learning all of the tech part of it. And how do you even structure an episode and what are you going to talk about? And Right. Um, And, you know, you hear a lot of conversations right now about everybody's why. Why do you do the things you do? I don't know. I just wanted to talk more. And (laughs) I find that I really enjoy podcasting. Right. And it's like, I feel like pot, when you listen to a great podcast, you feel like you've, you've just pulled a chair up to a table that maybe you wouldn't normally have access to or talking about topics that you would, you don't get to talk about in your day to day. Um, and I thought, well, this is a great way to do it. And I love collaborating with people. And so I thought, well, this is a great way to bring my friends, uh, onto my platform. Cause it's tricky to, you know, each platform you collaborate in different ways and YouTube is, it's a really interesting spot. And so sometimes your audience likes collaborations and sometimes they don't, but people who like that can find it on the podcast. And so I bought friends on and and then it kind of evolved into a little bit more of like a, an audio journal and I was enjoying it, but you know, I feel like when you're not feeling the same passion for something, it's important to reevaluate. And I decided at the start of this year that I was going to revisit the sandwich, which is what my podcast was called. And I made the decision to actually rebrand it to Frendo. So rather than start something new, I just took the same podcast, zhuzhed it up a bit. And now the whole concept is that I've created this audience community and I want to find a way to bring them into what I do. And so I'm now having conversations with friends, but also friendos, which is my friend through the lens. So, you know, people I love that been... concept, by the way, I love that, that whole Thank you. Uh, thought process there. 
You know, because the thing is, I think there's amazing people doing amazing things who don't necessarily have this huge platform to showcase what they do. And so I'm having these great conversations with people. And so it's sort of creating this, you know, this just more conversation for me. And what's great as a creator of it is it's less focus on me and all of the stories I'm telling and allows me to be the interviewer and just kind of share other people's stories. You know, it's really interesting because when we started our podcast, um, our videographer at the time who was uh, responsible for the technical setup and all that, he had, you know, you know, he's a younger kid. Uh, I don't know how old Cameron was, 19 or 20 years old and, you know, very tech savvy um, and didn't have a lot of podcast background himself. So we had to do some research and a lot of what our thought process was, was the um, SEO component of it, you know, just for searchability, people going on to different um, apps or, or wherever they stream their podcast and how would they find us. Um, but now, you know, based on the people that do follow and listen um, regularly now, it's it's not about them searching for a specific topic it's it's them being interested in in your conversation and um i'm i don't know if adrian's there yet mentally i'm almost there where i just want to talk and yes sometimes <laughs> it's going to be real estate related and sometimes not and sometimes i swear and get crusty and and all of that fun stuff but I think it well, shows, you know, the, the, you guys are real, content real creators, side, right? Yeah. You guys, I've always, I've said this to them from the beginning is like, you're, you're, um, you know, in the real estate world, but you're also content creators. And I can tell that with the content you're creating and that's part of it. And it's therapeutic to have a YouTube channel or to have a podcast or something and share it. And it's funny when Amanda was talking about thinking about it for so long, we were going to conferences and she's like, I'm going to all the podcast sessions. I'm going to learn all about it. I'm like, you go do that. Sounds very techy. Have fun. <laughs> but I've almost started my own podcast a whole bunch of times. In fact, I, own, I was so close to starting one about six months ago and didn't. And part of it is it's challenging to get sponsors and on a podcast sometimes. And you, and I would look at it from the business side and see like, okay, does it make more sense to put my energy into my blog, which was my start and my channel over a podcast? I think I would maybe one day, but I don't know. Well, then you make well, a good point about your energy because yeah. it's like, that was the thing is my... I gotta let my dog out here. Hold on. <laughs> yeah, you have to... I think that's what it is in in our world is especially as moms, right? It's like, okay, you start your day with like, you have a hundred percent of your energy. And so my kids get a portion and then, you know, KT gets a portion and then my channel and my blog. And it's like, can I, can I commit? And I wouldn't want to just do something half-assed. I'd want to make sure that whatever I did, I really put my heart into. So well, in the meanwhile, you can piggyback with us anytime you like. Yes, I like that? this. This is fun for me. A I lot like of the time, people do overthink it too. Like, actually, well, Gary V is someone we that, overthink uh, shit all the time. Well, that's my <laughs> point. So, Gary V is somebody that we pay attention to a lot and um, watch and listen to his things. And his podcast is basically just an audio recording of other things he produces. So, it's just how people like to 
uh, absorb his content, right? Some people enjoy just listening to it on a walk. Some people want to sit down in front of a, a computer or TV and watch it on YouTube. Other people just want to see clips of it on Instagram. So it's like you could take that one piece of content and format it for tons of different things. So if you're well, creating... I think that goes to the, mes- the message itself too, right? Like you have one message, but you deliver it in like a hundred different ways on 10 different platforms, but you're saying the same thing over and over, right? Mm-hmm. More or less. But what Amanda said with, you know, everybody saying, what what is your why? Most of the time, my answer is, I don't know. I don't care. Why does there mm-hmm. have to be a why? <laughs> just just do it. Like when Jennifer, our assistant, comes to us and say, uh, is it supposed to be that way? I don't know. Like, what is it supposed to be? Like, We're all why storytellers. Can't it just be? That's, what, what, that's what our why is, is all four of us are storytellers. And that's what I've really learned in the in, being in this industry is there's storytellers and there's some people who aren't storytellers. And I think most of the people that are, get into content creating like this, we're storytellers and we want to share and we want to also connect people. We're connectors. I really think that's kind of what is the underlying current there. Well, I think, in, I think in real estate, here's, here's my, uh, Your pivot. insert real estate here. <laughs> um, you have to be a bit of a storyteller, whether it's, you know, writing a description for the property or working with the videographer and how you're going to convey uh, the appearance online of that property or with the Like, stage. How do you take a property that we actually think is ugly and not particularly nice and make it sound really, really enticing? Well, 70% of the homes that we sell are ugly when, when we walk in initially, no offense to anybody that thinks they have, you know, great decor sense, but most people just don't. Right. And you walk in and, and you see rooms that are painted ugly colors. And by the way, how did that, uh, master bed, that blue master bedroom, how did that blue master bedroom stay blue when, when we listed it last week or, you know, which one I'm talking about? Yeah, well, they they were. Uh, I, I think they. <laughs> I think they did a good job right with now? it. No, no, it's yeah. sold firm. We're good. Okay. <laughs> I, I think the I think the sellers. <laughs> I think the sellers do. Hey, we've had, podcast, we've had to write so ethics courses for stuff like this. Like Remember that people are listening. Or, or the <laughs> one that you said smelled like cat piss in another podcast. That one stuck out to oh. me. It's yeah. funny because some people I've had mean, people say to me, "Oh, I didn't think you sell four cats or whatever it is." Right? <laughs> Someone said to me once, "I didn't think you would sell my type of house because you sell such nice looking houses." But it's interesting people's perception of that. Mm-hmm. Did I ever tell you the story about how my master bedroom turned out blue? No. No. So uh, <laughs> Natalie was still pregnant with the twins, and probably I want to say it was two or three weeks before they were born. We didn't, we didn't know they were coming on, you know, such early notice. Um, And we just had the basement refinished or finished. And we decided to have the whole house painted. And I took it upon myself because she had no interest in doing the color selection for, for most of the house. And it turned out pretty good, but she wanted a part in choosing the master bedroom color. And I said, okay, sure. No problem. But let's, let's at least agree together on what it's going to be, even though I said, okay, you know, it's all you. 
So we're looking at the swatches. It's like 11 o'clock at night. The painter is going to be there first thing in the morning to paint the bedroom. So we had no choice. We had to pick something. The interior designer in me is already like, you picked a color when it's dark out, like with the swatches. And I'm waiting for this story to end up where it's like, oh, it was her twin pregnancy hormones that did. That's what I'm waiting for. Well, that might be what she blames it on. I don't know, but it is awful. I walk into that room and I like immediately want to pull out my, my paintbrush and just throw some. You something. are colorblind too, though. So I always question your Excuse judgment. Excuse me. I'm color eccentric. Okay. I know that you're the third person I know that's colorblind. I have a lot of colorblind people in my life. A lot, a lot of men are colorblind. They just a don't A lot know. of men are. Oh, my yeah. brother was colorblind and I'm, they found out because he did a coloring contest when he was younger and he colored yeah. all the grass gray. My brother and my boyfriend are both colorblind. It's so funny. But it's, people, a lot of people, like when I tell them I'm colorblind, they think I see everything in black and white no. or gray. I'm like, it's have like, you I'm tried those glasses? Oh, I'm buying have those you, one day. Have, yeah, I've seen a lot of videos. They look really cool. So Amanda had an orange, an orange bathroom when you moved into your recent oh, house God. recently. Yes. It's like they went to Italy or something and we're like, we're bringing it home. It's like Tuscan. I don't know what it was. So house was like putty cement gray. I think they like somebody oh said to them, everything must be gray, but they didn't go good gray. It was like not good gray. Like so jail, the whole entire jail cell gray. Yeah. Like you feel sad a little, you mm. know, and you're like, something's wrong. Everything was just, anyway, the basement still has horse wallpaper, but we'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> My husband's uh, the type of like house fixer person where you do it once, you know, you do it once you do it well. So none of this like half-assed job here and there. So I'm staring at that damn horse wallpaper for the next who knows how long, but anyway. how long have you lived in that house? We moved in about 18 months ago. And he's done a lot. Does he finish the projects? There's a lot of men out there that don't. Okay, that's good. Yeah, no, yeah. He likes, you know, we had popcorn ceilings. So he got rid of that and skim coat it and put up the night. He's really good at that stuff. Nice. I'm not saying he's nice. I feel like that was a crack at me. (laughs) You not finishing projects? I got, well, yeah. (laughs) I just don't start them. That's my problem. (laughs) Well, don't start something you can't finish. My problem is. I just have so much running through my brain that I want to get done. Mm. And I put it all out there and some of it gets done. Mm. Not all of it. That sounds like me. Eventually it'll get done. I think. (laughs) What did my husband say to me yesterday? He's like, yeah, but you know, he goes, you're the type of person while he's like, while I'm skim coating the ceiling, you want the room cleaned at the same time. Like, I don't like the dust. I don't like the, you know, I'm like, just hurry up and do it. Like I want an HGTV show where it's done, you know? So it's hard. Well, that's better than my wife because I'm in the middle of a project and she'll already put the next project on my list. Mm -hmm. Right. Oh, while you're doing, when you're done doing that, can you do this too? And, uh, and that's what sidetracks me. And then of course, in real estate working 24 seven, you get a call or an email and that sidetracks you. So needless to say, there's probably five or six projects at home and at the cottage that are to be completed at some point. Um, Adrian, we haven't, uh, <laughs> uh, we haven't really talked uh, too much real estate, but um, I think I think this group here 
uh, has some good insights into working from home. Uh, it sounds like, uh, well, we know Joanna, uh, self-proclaimed work from home quarantine type person, uh, sounds like Amanda's very much the same built for COVID oh, life. Oh, she's not, she's a work no? from home person. So I'm an introvert. She's an extrovert. Such an extrovert. It's like, but that's where I, the podcast comes in. Helps, well, helps that. It does bit. help. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I like to see people in real life, you know? I'm yeah. I mean, I work from home. I usually work from home alone. There's a whole lot of people here and I have a pilot who's also here. He's usually flying places, you know, like if I'm going to be home, I like to be by myself, but I do. I'm kind of an odd um, YouTuber person because I'm not introverted at all. So we travel, we would, when we could travel, we would travel all the time together and share a room. And Amanda would be like, Hey, I'm going on like this tour of the town or a hike or whatever. And I'd be like, peace out. I'm going to lay here with like my <laughs> podcast, just like nap or just have my quiet time. And Jenna, well, Joanna's like, who did you, who are you going with? Oh, these people I met like uh, an hour ago. It's going to be great. They have a car. I'll see you in a bit. Yeah. He'll put my, keep my GPS on. We're good. Yeah. So what have you changed in your home, Amanda? during the last 12 months. Mm -hmm. Adrian, it's been 12 months since we last had an open house. That's crazy. That's crazy. Um, in the last 12 months, what have you changed in your home to help you in your work life? So like, like projects and things around the house? Yeah. Have you reorganized that room that you're in now? Um, did you well, have to actually, buy any new equipment? Did you? Oh, always. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So we moved uh, into this. Well, anyway, we whenever we moved in, so Dean finished this. So this room was a really strange room. It was, let's just I'm gonna paint a picture for you. So it was putty gray. So dark, uh, no windows. It is the space above a garage. So it's kind of like a peaked roof thing. Um, and a glass, a French glass door, and then carpet about like 10 inches thick cranberry color. And it was like, what was going on in this room? Ooh, it was very carpet. strange. I wish it was shag. It was just it was something. Anyway, we put in this. So I basically, when I saw this room, I'm like, we're buying this house. Aside from the fact that the backyard is this old, um, you know, kind of size plot, like a piece of land that covers spans five backyards. So it's, it's, it's this huge yard. My kids can play. I don't even see them half the time, but anyway, this room, we put in a huge window and transformed it into an office. And so that was like the main purpose for buying this house. So this room was finished in, I'd say January, and then everything hit in March. So it was perfect timing considering the volume of work that I would be doing at home um, for creating content. And then aside from that, like my husband, he gave our bathroom a facelift so that burnt orange was gone. And, you know, there's a lot of stuff that we do as creators where you're creating in your space. So I was working with us, um, this lovely soap company for most of last year. And I was like, I can't be taking pictures in an orange bathroom, you know, like it's just not my vibe. So we had to do little updates like that around the house. Um, but I find like for what I do, it has a lot to do with my mental health. Like 
how do I feel? Cause if I feel good then the content I create, it will, that will come through. So we did stuff like we revamped our dining room area. Cause I felt like we were going to be having dinner in there every day. Um, and so <laughs> now it's like cozy and we have candles we light every night. And, um, you know, we took our garage that is just, you know, one car garage and we, made it into like a little gym. So we've got an area that we can leave and go work out, you know, and you feel like you're kind of moving around and you have different spaces for different activities, which is a big deal for me. Like I like that at the end of the day, my work day, I can close this door and work is done. It's like, I've left it in that room. Um, where in the past, especially as you're building your business, it was the kitchen table. It was moving all my work stuff to put the dinner down on the, you know, it was very everything. There was no boundaries. And I, and I think that's really come to light with how much time we're spending at home right now is having, you know, very clear boundaries. I think that's why. Do you, do you and, find that you use each of these areas of your house? Cause I find a lot of people, well, Joanna, you, could probably agree with this because you've talked about having like your house is quite large and you I think you said something along the lines of it was almost too big you don't use it all it's it's underutilized I find in my house every room is used daily with the exception of one that we save for guests because we have family out of town but do you find like all these spaces you've created you're using regularly I find I do like we have only a TV in the basement. So I like to game with my kids and we go down there with the horse wallpaper and all, and we game and I kick their little butts. Cause I'm actually really good at it. So that's fun. Um, and I find that we do like, I, I'm a no bit mercy. mean, like I don't, I know I none. I don't like having food in bedrooms. So I'm like, we sit at the table, you know? Um, and I work in my office and I find it allows me to stay really, I don't know, clear headed. It's like when I'm in the living room, I'm having coffee and I'm like hanging out and talking with my husband or whatever I'm yeah. doing, but it's not work, you know? You know what rooms I find I don't use? So my living dining room area, total waste of space. Um, mm. And it's like huge. The, formal, the formal area. Yeah. I, w- yeah. I love the California look. I would love either with this house or some house one day to blow out the walls and just have like a huge farm table because I have a lot of children. I, and then my basement, I have this huge projector and sectional and the amount that we really go down there and use it. I thought we were going to be doing board games and this and that. We really don't. Um, I do find though my workout room and my office, places like that, that maybe not everyone would use. I use them all the time. And I wonder too, as your kids get older and when, when we can have friends over, mm-hmm. you know, that'll be a nice place for them to hang out, right? Yeah. We'll see. I don't know. Mm. Now that Holden's in the basement, he has his bedroom in the basement now and his own bathroom. So it's like he's gaming there now in his bedroom. Right. And yeah. People are starting How to spread out he? more. He'll be 12 in June. Ooh. I know. Giving a 12 year old a basement and a bathroom. <laughs> well, he has three sisters. So he was going crazy. It. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he needed some space. Mom, I'm like, sounds perfect Can i know a little stink in the yes. basement you yes. know like they're at that age i make yeah. sure i go in and i like just open the door and walk in. he's like he's gaming he's like my mic wasn't muted mom i'm like price to pay like this is <laughs> i gotta be able to just walk in <laughs> that's too funny you know i'm curious because we've talked about how many people have moved during covid because of their new needs during this time, right? Like the home office space or the home gym space or whatever. 
I wonder a year from now, or let's let's even push it out a bit further just to be safe. Let's say two years from now, how many of these people that have moved into this new home now realize, well, we didn't really need this and let's now move again. Wait, do you find people are moving into bigger homes right now because of COVID or what do you find? That's the trend. Every, it's so everything. funny because I feel like I'm the opposite. Hurry up I feel and get like... your license, would you? <laughs> I'm trying, working. A little, little bit of everything, I think. I think we've seen people from uh, overpopulated areas moving into the middle of nowhere. Uh, we've had people that moving from the GTA to other provinces. Um, like imagine we're selling townhomes in Milton now for a million bucks. Uh, most of those people probably paid half of that five, six, seven, whatever years ago. So you've got six, $700,000 in equity in that home. You take four or 500,000 and spend it in Nova Scotia, you're living like exactly. a, right? You're, you're, you're laughing. Um, Buy a so shovel we, and you'll be fine. Like, yeah. <laughs> I can't Winters. believe it. I can't like what you guys, I've, I've debated a bit about selling here and there. And what my house, like I bought this house for um, 600,000 and it's insane now. What these have, it's insane. I cannot get over it. Well, my God, and if my family seen... has their way, we're moving to a hobby farm in about a year. My God. Oh, I that's what want, I would love to do. That's what I want. Especially well, ever since I started watching well, Yellowstone. There you go. The three of you can get together and buy many, many acres. Yeah. <laughs> <You're> the commune. <laughs> I would just like, I'm like, okay, well, on this hobby farm, can I have like my own little house? That would be perfect. And then I could just come visit give all you guys some love, show up for dinner and then go back to, and then like, Oh my God, my daughter, she wants goats. Like there's just so many animals. Man. I, I didn't even tell you, I came like this close to buying a property. Did I tell you with like two houses on it Perfect. <laughs> and a she shed? <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm into it. Oh. Is that okay. property still available? Adrian? Yeah. They took it off the market. Mm. Hey, there you go. Maybe you could uh, send them a low ball offer, and it might they might bite. I think that's why they were still on the uh, the market. No, they wouldn't budge. They wouldn't, eh? Mm. No. You guys ever been I to? I find uh, it's interesting. Oh, I was going to say about that concept of people like upgrading and needing bigger spaces. I find throughout this, I'm realizing how little I actually require to stay entertained. You know, I'm like, I picked up a, a used treadmill and I was like, perfect. Like I can stay sane on those cold snaps or when I forget to work out in the day or whatever, you know, and it's, I could use it with a whole lot less is oh, what I'm realizing. And just after this, I have a video going out. That's 10 things about how I'm keeping myself out of hell zone. And honestly, <laughs> some of them are like noise canceling headphones, yes. sitting in a different room, having a glass of wine at night, like just random little things that I just need to do to just keep my, like during the pandemic. Oh yeah. yes. A glass. <laughs> Cut down I haven't glass. quite. I haven't quite figured out how to limit myself like that yet. Oh, you should see actually see my garage. I was telling Amanda, cause she, did you do all of dry January? I did. And I wasn't. And I had a bunch right. of friends who did dry January and I'm walking around in my garage and like, it's like cling, 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 cling with all the bottles. There's so <laughs> much, but I don't know. Survival. <laughs> um, I forgot what I was. Oh, 
uh, Amanda and um, Joanna, have you guys been to Rivercroft Interiors in Milton? Is that the one in the barn? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I've always wanted to go. I know what you're talking about. I need to go. Um, you need to go. It's awesome. It's right up your alley. But I always envisioned our our KT office being in a barn. As silly as oh, that cute. might Do it. sound. You know they're not insulated. <laughs> well, you can you can convert it to have warm and insulated spaces. Just add that to his project list. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like it's short. Okay. Barn. Now uh, let, yeah. let let me just insert a comment into that project list uh, fiasco of mine. I have learned that in the last 10 years of being an entrepreneur that I'm not good at everything. I don't like doing everything. And I now mm. make enough money to hire people to do oh, those yeah. things for me. So Smart. Amanda and I've had those exact conversations. Yeah. And, you know, that's how we ended up growing our team too, because we, we, we were always bad delegators and, and we knew that about ourselves. We were great with each other. Like I would delegate stuff to Adrian and vice versa, but that's not reducing the workload It's just passing the buck. And, mm -hmm. um, so, you know, when we bought our cottage as an example, would I have loved to just do the demolition of the kitchen myself? Sure, it sounded like fun. Have some buddies over and a couple of cases of beer, take out a couple of hammers and start whacking away. But, you know, the, the realistic side of it was if we ever want to use this kitchen in the near future, that's probably not a good idea. Um, so, you know, you yesterday I was at the, uh, uh, at the office all day from, I think I was here from 7 a.m. till 8 p.m. And we got a shit ton of snow. When I was leaving in the morning, everybody was still sleeping. I didn't want to wake anybody up. So I came to the office. I put a little message on our Facebook group of any kids that want to uh, take the blanket and go. <laughs> I close with them everywhere since Blanky. <laughs> For those of you listening, we're watching Oliver sit behind me holding his blanket and being super cute. <laughs> You know, the first time I watched some of your videos, I thought he was a statue and you just kept moving him around the house. And I'm like... And a friend tell me that a bunch, of, a bunch of parents from the school got pandemic puppies and they're all like so stressed right now. And they're all telling me that Oliver was really bad false advertising because most dogs are not like him. Oliver, they take work. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the, the, the point of my story there was uh, you got to delegate as an entrepreneur. And I think in, that's taught me now to, to do that in life. And um, whether it's like now, I can guarantee you, I will never set foot unless absolutely necessary in a shopping, uh, in a supermarket. And like, like I used to go to Longo's once a week. I get everything delivered to my front doorstep now. The produce is amazing. I have no need to waste my time going <laughs> I to... I do it and I, they screw up my order and I cannot do that. That drives me crazy too much. What are Anytime, they screwing up? All the time. But Where I have, are you ordering from? I've done <laughs> so, the voila with Sobeys. I love Sobeys in person. I like to go. But, um, or my 
pick up from, I, I should be careful. I do. So here's the thing. I love going to Sobeys in person. You can um, have multiple sponsors. Come yeah. on. <laughs> and I have, I love their produce. I think out of Milton, hands down, that's probably my favorite place for produce. Other than La Rose, I would maybe go there sometimes. But um, I've, I, they'll be missing something. I do these huge orders because I have four kids and there's always something usually missing. That's happened once from them, but there's another big retailer that I used to do uh, something similar, like a pickup. And just one too many times, they messed it up. So... I got too frustrated. You don't have that? That does that happen to other people or is it just when you have to I mean shop for that thing? They mess kids? it up. I'm like, hey Dean, you wanna go to the grocery store and get that thing they didn't include? So <laughs> I, I'm I'm solo, right? I don't have that other person that I can send out. So I'm just like, oh, I'll do it all myself. Yeah. Well, I used to do all the grocery shop. Well, I still do, but I, you know, I I take care of making sure all the groceries are in the house for the most part. And and you know, you go to the store, you go through that whole process, <laughs> check your list. By the time you get home, unload it, do all that. Mm. That's, you know, for family of four, it's an hour to an hour and a half of my time. You need a nap. You need Wait, to have a nap. Where are you ordering it from? <laughs> well, especially because I'm eating the yeah. croissants along the way. Um, <laughs> I order um, uh, from Grocery Gateway, so Longos. Mm. I've tried uh, Voila, but what I've learned is... I have um, an Instacart membership as well. And, you know, now they'll shop at um, uh, the, the Real Canadian Superstore, uh, Fortino's. They added Fortino's on the list uh, from um, uh, Oakville. So now I know, you know, depending on what I need to get, where to get it, my regular order comes in once a week and then I do my fill orders with Instacart. So if by chance mm. my kids end up eating 52 bananas in a day, which happens, and now there's no bananas, you know, I'll do the Instacart order and they're pretty good. I, I mean, I need to we, do that. I think you just convinced me. Yeah. Well, it's a Walmart one we've just switched to. I'm a big fan. Because if Listen, you need something else, I got a like, Walmart walk over story the, for you. Let me pick a bone with fucking Walmart. So for <laughs> this is, Christmas, this is Ariel picking the bone with Walmart. Yeah, it is not Amanda. There goes or our sponsorship, Ariel. I've been working on this Walmart sponsorship for the last month or so. Yeah. Well. Anyway, I have Natalie, worked with them. Oh, so my rate. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, let me just spill my beef. Okay. Okay. I like Walmart, but listen to this. Natalie orders a uh, Paw Patrol, you know, one of those towers, towers whatever. Yeah. yeah. Because that was, you know, at the top of the list for shit. I hope they don't listen to this in eight years and realize that Santa wasn't bringing that. But anyways. <laughs> um, it's therapy. Whoops. It's fine. Um, anyway, so she sends me the email, says, can you go and pick this up? Uh, because delivery is not available or was expensive and and whatever. I said, sure, no problem. I'll I'll go there on the way home and I'll I'll pick it up curbside pickup, open the trunk and throw it in and away I go. No problem. She sends me the email. I pull up. The guy comes up and he says, are you picking up an order? Did you just call? I said, yep. I show him the, the receipt through the window. He says, okay, let me go get it. I waited. Not only did I wait a half an hour for the guy to show up to my car, 
I waited another half an hour for him to find this item. <laughs> he comes back. I'm, I'm really sorry. We can't find it. So we got the email. It's ready for pickup. He comes back. I'm sorry. We can't find it. Okay. What do you mean? He says, I don't know. We don't have it. We're going to have to refund you. Great. So I called Natalie. She's freaking out. What do I do? So I said, you know, I hadn't, and at that point I hadn't been in physically in a store in 10 months. 10 months. I hadn't walked it's into like a store. It's like riding a bike, friend. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for that vote of confidence. I, so, you know, I bundle up, look, you know, with all my PPE stuff, literally I put my gloves on, my mask on. I might've even put my booties on. I opened one of the KT uh, house shopping kits and uh, I walk into Walmart, go into the back toy section. There's a wall of these towers. There's 50 of them in the store. The guy in the pickup area couldn't find it. Mm. So that's my Walmart story for you. It's not that good, but. But really it was his still. fault. <laughs> I, I, you know, I don't know. I think they ought, you know, they take it from the store, they put it in that area. And then if it's not in that area, that guy doesn't go into the store anymore to out of his look pay for grade. it. Or, He's just maybe, yeah, exactly. Well, you need to, you but, need to take charge. That's, I don't know. Maybe I'm, I, maybe I like to control things too much. Yeah, you see, no what problem. I like about Instacart is if I order something now, it's guaranteed to be at the house or most of the time within two hours. Mm. So if somebody changes their mind and you want to make, you know, sp spicy Malaysian chicken instead of veal schnitzel, uh, you can within two hours have all the yes. ingredients you need. And the delivery people, you know, you rate them. So once they deliver it, you rate your experience and, and you know, you're obviously you're tipping them too a little bit, but um, you rate them. And as they get better ratings, they get more work. So their goal is to get more work and better tips. So I find, you know, the consistency and the overall uh, quality of these shoppers are are getting much better. And um, yeah, I kind of use it for my fill order. So today I noticed we're running low on, on milk and eggs. Um, so before I leave the office, I'll schedule it to, to show up uh, at the house pretty much at the same time I'll show up <laughs> at the house. So, so I don't have to go and do that. Amanda thinks I'm lazy. <laughs> I like I'm making trips I'm like... to the store. Yeah, well, yeah, you get to escape a little bit. You're like, peace yeah. out, yeah. see you in a bit. Yeah. <laughs> when you get to explore and look at things you may not have otherwise considered. You're going to be that. one of those people who go to start drive their car and their battery's dead. I've been hearing all these stories about people who aren't driving. Now I co-parent. So yeah. I'm well, not a hermit. I still get out of the house. <laughs> like, I, you know, I... You I'm, can't tell I, it's I, him. He's got his... <laughs> <laughs> Am I the well, only actually, one that drinks something on, on, during this? I'm like watching. No. You know, on that I just note, I finished a cup of I'm tea. I'm surprised you don't have a third drink. I know. I, <laughs> I always have two to three drinks on the go at all times. I don't know about Adrian, but when I used to go to Sobeys, I would always get stopped by either a client or a follower that wanted to talk real estate. And I'd be stuck there for like 
15, 20 minutes having a conversation. Not that I didn't like to do that, but sometimes you just don't have that time. There's something about Sobeys. I think of, I've had about five people recognize me in Sobeys um, that follow me. And it's like more than anywhere else. I don't know. Good people shopping at Sobeys. <laughs> Maybe the lighting is like right in there and they can Sign see Sign up us for right Voila. Now. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Remember the beginning of the pandemic, how unorganized all these companies were? The, like oh. del- deliveries were booking weeks in advance. It yeah. was crazy. Oh yeah, madness. Who knew that we'd be able to like? So my top tier like grocery pickup place is, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. How our conversations have changed. Oh yeah, I remember when you and I did a campaign years ago. I think it is years ago now. When it was like first out with grocery pickup. Yeah, the first click yeah. and collect. Yeah. yeah. And it at that a, time, was everybody was like, breaking. I don't want somebody else picking my fruit. And we had to like <laughs> yeah. explain to people the concept it of it. Yep. Yeah. 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 That okay. was That's interesting. I, w- I wonder, because, you know, I've said this in the past uh, few podcasts that COVID has taught us how to live in today's day and age, how mm-hmm. to live in today's world, right? Like all of these tech advancements we really weren't using uh, to to optimize our lives and our businesses. Like now as realtors, we're doing almost 100% of our buyer and seller consultations through Zoom and everybody's comfortable with it. Like we don't need to be sitting across your dining room table every time to have that conversation. I wonder, you know, you talk about supermarkets and you look at the commercial real estate business. I know, Adrian, you spend a lot of time looking at commercial real estate. Over the next year or two, how many businesses are going to decide that we don't need this brick and mortar storefront or or office space or whatever? We just don't need it anymore. For office well, space, I think so. Like, Like you're talking accountants, real estate agents. Well, one of the nice things that's happened with it is that it's forced old school business people to allow their, allow, because they had no choice, but their employees to work from home. So they've been forced to experience that and they've realized that their their employees are as productive in most cases. And in some cases, even more productive because they're in their own environment. They enjoy it. They're probably putting in more hours than they normally would have. Um, whereas before, I think a lot of business owners were hesitant to do that because they, they no longer had any control. They didn't know what was happening. There was no way to gauge their production at home as much as there was the, the perceived ability to do that when they were in the office. But everyone I talk to now that works from home, they're like, yeah, I'm probably putting in more hours. So what are the house prices like in Toronto? Because so there's the mass exodus. Is that really a thing? Is that why? areas like Milton and areas where Amanda lives booming because people are realizing that they don't need to be living in downtown Toronto or so are the house prices in condos, like, are they just sitting on the market or what's happening? Have you kept an eye on the market there? A lot of, a lot of weird stuff happening like condos for a while. Rentals were available like, you know, five times the inventory um, over like if you look at year over year 
um, uh, availability, year-over-year inventory. There is five times the rental inventory for downtown condos uh, over the summer versus the previous summer. Um, so a lot of people that were renting in downtown decided now to move into areas like uh, Milton, Guelph, Woodstock, um, Grimsby, you know, all of these um, areas that still kept them relatively accessible. Um, well, last but, night was a good example. I was interviewing tenants for a property that we have for lease in Milton and they own a condo in Toronto and they've been there for five years and they are now coming up on a year of working from home in this little condo. And they're like, this is ridiculous. Why are we here? So they're going to rent a place in Milton and they don't know what they're going to do with their condo, but lots of people are leaving for that reason because they're most people are downtown because it's convenient. Like nobody wants to commute. So now that they don't have to, you get a lot of people moving out of the city and many people going from one extreme to the other. Like we sold a five acre property on fifth line earlier uh, last year and the buyers were living in Toronto. They were in the city. They went from one extreme to the other um, because that's what they've always well, wanted and now they can have it. I think a lot of people, and I bet Amanda, like I can totally see Dean saying this, but I know that's a thought I've had is also, I think people are starting to think more and more about how you can become, get off the grid. Like, can we grow our own food? And can we, you know, how can we really not need all this? It's just made everyone think that the world can change so quickly. And do you know what I mean? Or are you guys finding that? Does Dean talk about that? Yes. Yeah. All the time. And I'm like, no. (laughs) Did you watch humans? Did you watch Greenland on Amazon on Prime? Is that why you want a bunker? Okay. Yeah. It's good. I cannot let Dean watch TV shows and movies. (laughs) You're so what? I'm very much very easily influenced by TV and movies. Me too. When this happened, I was like, guys, I've watched Contagion like five, 10 times. I know what's going to happen. I know how to do, I was like the first person that had started stocking up on food like in January, like over a year ago. And I'm like, it's happening. It's happening. I'm watching that hotel documentary that you were watching. The Cecil. The Cecil hotel. Yeah. I'm uh, three episodes in kind of hooked. That's a good one. I'm a true crime addict. I mean, I, I've listened to so many of those stories. I was listening to a podcast yesterday and I was like, damn it, I already know the story, but I'll listen to it again from a different podcast host. So did like, you watch the Cecil one, Amanda? I haven't, but I, I, like I should. I just, I don't make a lot of time for TV. Yeah. I enjoy it, but I, I've listened. I know the story, Elisa Lamb and all the mm-hmm. wild things. Yeah, I watched your most recent um, video with your husband, Dean. Mm. I was watching I that just, earlier. I, I like this guy. Like I, I <laughs> like too. him. If 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 we were able to, I would say let's all go out for dinner and and have some wine and shoot the shit. I think he's fucking funny. Oh, he's hilarious. Um, yeah. And and um you, you mentioned that he he likes to cook. Uh does mm. he have like professional background in cooking or just enjoys it? Or? I had to talk to him yesterday. I was like, Dean, can we easy on the creamy pasta and all the potatoes and all like, he just cooks so well. And he, he like, he's very much like a, 
you know, love food, you know, food is like the love language kind of thing. I'm like, you know, you could just make a salad with like a side chicken or something. No, it's got to be like, everything is this. Lobster, I saw. Oh my God. Just That's Natalie's biggest complaint about me is that meals are never simple and they're never on time because they're not simple. Right. And And then you add like a a vodka something to there. And I'm like, God, Dean, what is happening? I'm hungry. (laughs) If I don't eat by 530, it comes off the rails. (laughs) What's what's your favorite thing that he can cook? Probably the creamy pasta. (laughs) 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 Like stop it with the pasta. Uh, But I've been, you know, what did we do last week? It was, it was so fun. Like this is, this is where we're at in life. I'm like, let's have fun dinners. So we had like nachos the other night, just like, big old plate of nachos. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh my God, how fun is that? Can you imagine sitting in a pub, like having a plate oh, of nachos I miss I miss doing all that. or yeah. going out for sushi with you? Oh, yes. And yeah. I eat so much. Sushi. Yeah. So, you know, like, and then we will do things like, you know, talking about ordering groceries, but we'll order dinner in. I think like most people switch it up every now and then. Um, but he's very good in the kitchen. The trouble is we have kids who like their palates suck. Mm-hmm. And you're like, what are you even eating? Like, that's yeah. boring. You know, he'll make like hollandaise sauce to go yeah. with the asparagus. And I'm like, oh my God. And my kids are like, what's that? That's gross. And you're like, go. Dean's also very creative. He's also like, mm-hmm. he's amazing at editing and he's got some big ideas. Like, well, to be honest, Joanna, big- yeah, you know, but friendo, I said to him, I'm going to abandon my podcast because I'm tired and I don't want to do any more work. And I, he was like, I've got an idea. I said, fine, you can like come up with an idea and maybe I'll listen, which doesn't happen. You know, we've been together long enough. Um, but I actually listened and I was like, it's kind of a good idea. Is the other idea that I keep asking you about still brewing. I know it's not. It's brewing. I'm producing a show. These two will go nuts over it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm producing a show for him. I, you know, it's basically, oh, I can spill the beans a little bit. Like he has been a pilot for a long time, like probably 25 plus years or something. And, um, he has worked in Canada, worked overseas. He worked at Korean air, China airlines, been in Taipei. Like he's been everywhere and he's got some epic stories. And so him being, you know, laid off right now, um, we're, I'm putting together a podcast for him in the aviation space where he can tell those stories and have guests of his that are in the industry and come on the show. Um, but it's tricky when, you know, you I guys have totally been podcasting to that. Yeah. Totally. So good. And he's, he is an epic storyteller. And, um, the thing though, that's really hard is when you're podcasting by yourself, um, when you have to get used to telling a story in that way. So it's, I have He's to such a him. story. You should go grab him right now. Give him a go. Be like, <laughs> we've been talking mm-hmm. about you for the last 10 minutes, Dean. but he's such a <laughs> storyteller too. He's very funny. Mm. Remember that yeah, day the, he came in and he was like, Joanna, I have this idea for you. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. You should, you should have gone with that. It's still time. But yeah, he's uh he's a lot of fun. I'll tell you that much. There are three things in my life that I've always wanted to do as a career. And most of it was stemming from me in childhood was uh, pilot, real estate agent, and chef. And Look at that. <laughs> I feel like every guy, every guy wanted to be a pilot. That's the thing. So they well, all think I, Dean's I started so cool. my, my, my Ariel had an airplane in his basement just a couple of years ago. That's right. I had uh, many, many parts, parts of an of airplane of uh <laughs> an airbus uh, uh 
A3. Wait, a real, uh, real pieces of air? Like real? um, He's a bit of a hoarder. Yeah, it was a a luxury. It it was part of the Hilton uh, Hotels uh, fleet. And Mm. um, I love going to auctions. So pre-COVID, well, pre-babies. Pre-babies, I would take off for a few hours, give Natalie her space and go clear my head at auctions. And I would, we've got a great auction house in Milton, Hume's Auctions. And I would go and I would find an auction, sit there for a few (laughs) hours and bid on random shit. And most of the time I would resell it and make money. I feel like his wife needs to be here. Like if Dean came home with a piece of a plane, we'd be (laughs) like, (laughs) oh. It wasn't a piece, but well, I'll tell you the story real quick. So it was at the end of this auction, uh, all of these parts of this airplane were, were sitting, just sitting there. And the auctioneer, uh, looked at all that stuff and he says, okay, all the airplane parts. And he started it off at like a thousand bucks and nobody was bidding. And and there's <laughs> it, there were at least 50 pieces. And I'm talking- Wait, wait. was it like air- a chair or like- Oh, so- Pieces of the cockpit. Um, <laughs> so like actual dashboard pieces. Uh, there were the bottoms mm-hmm. of the seats- I had 13 actual windows, like full framed uh, windows, like in next to your They're fancy. Pat- they had blinds in them and everything. Oh. Yep. They had, they're the ones you with the You take like an blinds. Instagram picture, just be like, like you're on a plane. Like yeah. on- you still, wait, if you still have them, post them to the Instagram feed oh, today man, and have sh- that as the connection to this. It'd be like, you have to listen to the podcast to the end to know the story. I'm stupid. I didn't keep at least one of them. So the story goes at this auction, nobody was bidding on it. And the auctioneer was kind of looking out to the crowd, kind of helpless. And he said, five bucks to somebody, will somebody take it for five bucks? I look around the room, nobody. And I said, fine, I'll, yep, give it to me. And my girlfriend at the time, this was just before I met Natalie. um, She looks at me and she's like, what the fuck are you going to do with that? <laughs> and, I said, woman would say. <laughs> and I said, I don't know. Why do I have to have a why? Um, and <laughs> I, I was out. driving. This is surprising. <laughs> I, I, was, I was driving this uh, little BMW 3 Series and had to figure out how to bring all these parts home with us. <laughs> So my poor girlfriend has air, an airplane window above her head in the car. She's strapped in. She's like this. And uh, anyways, all of those pieces stayed in the basement. They did not move for years and years and years. When we finished the basement, they moved into the garage. They stayed there for the last two years. Finally, we were getting the garage floor epoxy coated by uh, Mint Garage here in town. Give them a shout out. Did a good job. Um So I had to get rid of it. So I put it on Kijiji. I sold two of the windows for 150 bucks a piece, paid $5 for everything. Um, (laughs) And then the balance of it, I sold to just an aviation junkie um, for a hundred bucks for the rest of them. He came and he he took it all, but literally I had 13 or 14 windows um, and just random pieces. Like I had... 
did you ever line up the windows? Like, did you ever take it on your basement and put the chair there and then line up the it? windows? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you did. Don't answer that question. I, I would All have, by myself? Like, just with the cap? With a coffee? And your girlfriend's Wearing like, a hat? I'm out. Yeah. So you know what's funny about that Enjoy is as a play. kid, you know, when the captain comes on and announces, you know, whatever to, to the, uh, you know, the, the travelers, to yep. the passengers. As a kid, I used to be like, afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, this is your captain speaking. And I would do that whole thing like as a six-year-old boy. So yeah, I could probably envision myself doing something like that in my basement. But, but no, I got... He, Dean's a funny pilot because he like loves to fly, doesn't love the industry. It's very... I mean, I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of, you know, politics and industry, but this one's something else. And he's praying to God that like our kids don't want to get into this, into this gig because it's just, I mean, look at this nonsense. They're the first to go, right? Like there's no jobs. There's nobody taking a plane anywhere. So it's. Mm. You guys know how Amanda and Dean met? No. I was a flight attendant. That's how I met him. Pretty, you know. I love it. As you do. I'm a flight attendant. <laughs> oh, that was I, fun. I have a lot of friends um, in the industry. A lot of them actually, I have probably <laughs> five or six clients that work for Air Canada and <laughs> several friends that also work for Air Canada. One worked, uh, worked for WestJet. Um, you know, it's an interesting uh, industry from, from what I understand for most of them. <laughs> Favorite movie, by the way, is Flight, Denzel Washington. It's one of my favorites. I would say top 10 movie for me. Um, Well, it's interesting because you talk to him about it and he's like, there's so much that, you know, you don't want to talk about. Like we were living in Malaysia when the MAS flight vanished, you know, and and so it's just he's hesitant to talk about certain things. So I have to make it more less technical, more story. Telling Would Dean go aspect. on the K- KT Confidential, do you think? He, you know what? It's like trying to him? trap a chipmunk or something. Oh, it's like, you yeah. know, he is so fun, but he is so not into humans. So he it's always a hard sell. Yeah. <laughs> this that's pandemic, like, he's like, like nothing's changed. <laughs> yeah. uh, I enjoy it. It just gives me an excuse to stay home. Yeah. <laughs> Dean's just like, you mean I don't have to talk to people? This is great. Yeah. yeah. So mind well, you, he misses travel about... a ton. We've been talking about starting a dad cast that, mm-hmm. that, that might, uh, attract Dean to talk a little bit. I don't it's, know. it's a hard sell. I mean, I'm, hard, not, you can't. I'm a mean producer. I think that's the problem. I'm he's like, you are the worst to work with. I'm like, I have high expectations. Oh, have you started all. trying to record it? Yeah. Yeah. We have oh, one recorded. Oh, so exciting. Yeah, it's, um, he's like the number one fan already. He won't stop talking about this idea. No, it's it's going to be so good, you know. Yeah, I think this it's going to do really when you, well when you niche out. So, yeah, you know, as but this is coming back to being a creator, you know, as you have projects that you want to work on, you have to be realistic with the timelines. So, it's like start the one thing, you know, there will be time for this. So, it's coming. Don't overthink it, just put it out there. Exactly. We've learned that in the last year. Maybe the last two. Give ourselves a bit of credit. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Some things work, some things don't, but it's worth doing anyways. So well, we have yeah, the, you gotta play around. We have the introvert, we have the extrovert. We had this conversation about real estate agents. Uh what podcast was that, Adrian? Anyway, we had an argument. Was it an argument? Do you want to explain the story? 
about how we got into that. You're talking about how I said I hate the podcast? <laughs> well, if you want to bring up Which that argument? can of There's worms. There's a few. About whether or not you needed to be an introvert or an extrovert to be uh, a real estate agent, or if you could be oh, okay. introverted and be a good real estate agent. Yeah, yeah. I think you could be successful either way. It's just a matter of how you go about it. I'm an ambivert. So I love public speaking and I can handle a crowd. I just have to afterwards read. I think this is the biggest difference is Amanda gets recharged by being social and more people Mm -hmm. and that charges her battery. I can be social and be on and public do public speaking, but I have to recharge quietly alone, like sensory deprivation, alone time. And that's the biggest difference. So you're the one at an all-inclusive vacation that's doing none of the activities and Amanda knows the entire staff uh, by the end of the week. 100%. Right. That's kind of like Adrian and I. You kind of need, I mean, that's what a lot of relationships are. You do. That's how they work. Can't have too many introverts or extroverts in a room. It's going to be awkward. Like, you know, I always say I attract introverts, but I think it's just the balance of energy. Like, it's nice. I, the thing is, is yes, I'm extroverted, but I also really like being alone, you know, but it's, mm-hmm. if I'm alone for too long, I start to question my sanity. I'm mm-hmm. like, I haven't seen another person. I don't remember if I know how to do that. And my husband's like, oh my God, please go for a walk, talk to strangers. And you know, I think because of what I do, people expect me to be a full on extrovert where I've got mm. the feedback before that people think I'm standoffish when I'm like, well, I'm just actually kind of shy or I need to be quiet <laughs> sometimes in certain situations. And I like to let the extroverts shine too. I like to sit there and just listen. I hear, I literally (laughs) heard birds tripping. That's like how we're all doing it right now. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, well, on that note, um, we've been going here uh, for over an hour, just shooting the shit and chatting away. Um, Before we wrap it up, I'm going to bring it back to um, a little bit of uh, real estate. Um, We already know Adrian, if he was to move today, well, I'll let you, let's let's go full circle here because I think this is something that everybody's talking about. So if you were to move today, where would you move to and what would your home have that your current home doesn't have? Go. Are you talking to me? Yes, you start. (laughs) I would have... Probably around five acres. I would have a lot of trees. I don't like those lots where it's just an open field and Mm. you can see the house from the road. I feel like that defeats the purpose of living in the country. So I would have a lot, a house set back amongst many trees. And I was serious when I said I want a ranch. Now that I'm all into this whole Yellowstone thing, I've always loved horses (laughs) when I was younger. I worked at Teen Ranch in Caledon. <gasps> Maybe you can take that wallpaper my, from Amanda's house. <laughs> I went there and my parents used to work there. My family used to work there. Really? So. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We, had, oh for, yeah. we have a lot of connections in that group of people too. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, worked, I was there for a few years. And uh, my favorite position working there was always in the barn, always riding the horses. Uh, so I've always had a thing for that. So I, that would somehow tie in. I don't know exactly how. I don't know how feasible that is. I don't know the costs involved and the commitment, but that's what it would be. We can timeshare horse together. 
Perfect. <laughs> I'd love to buy a horse, actually. I'll, I'll okay, go in on I'll go in on horse. I have a very happy almost 10-year-old. Tell you that she rides horses. Oh, nice. <laughs> would, uh, so Adrian, would uh would Alicia be on board with that? So if that property was to come available and it was uh within budget? She's been sending me listings like that for the last few months. Every day I'll get a bunch of text messages with these real estate realtor.ca listings of <laughs> you rural can't even properties. set her up on an automatic uh, uh listing search. No, no, she enjoys Jeez. it. She likes just browsing the map, clicking on stuff. So, and location, I don't, I don't, I don't really have a preferred location. I think at some point in our, with our business, we'll be able to have that flexibility. So I wouldn't, if I wasn't tied to a location for work purposes, which I don't think we're far off from, I would live in, I mean, I would live in a different province. I would live, you know, I, I don't feel that commitment. I know some people, I was going to bring it up earlier because um, Amanda, you moved to Malaysia we can't get some people to move from Mississauga to Milton because they're so committed for, you know, not really legitimate reasons to the location they live in. Cause it's comfortable, I suppose. But yeah, I would go anywhere. Joanna. Mm, I'm split down the middle. I like the whole country property. I'd like to get a house that's older and I'd like to gut it and renovate it and really get that out of my system. That's something I've always wanted to do place with more mature trees. I love Milton. I love Burlington. I've, I've loved it since I took art classes in Burlington many, many years ago. Um, but yeah, something with mature trees, something that I could gut and put my own stamp on more. I like land, a bit more land. Any, any location? Burlington or Milton. I don't, I wouldn't go far. Now, Amanda, you just moved 18 months ago, but (laughs) same question to you. I've lived in a lot of places. Like I'm from Montreal. I lived in Toronto. I lived in Vancouver, lived in Alberta. I've lived in Malaysia. Like, you know, so I've done interesting climates, but I'm also, my personality is very much like, you know, I, I kind of make roots where I land type of thing. So if I was to stay in Ontario, I think I like, I like older homes, but I would love to have an older house that then has like a carriage house or something in the back that would be renovated to be like my studio. And I could have a place I would walk to, you know, and then have coffee and work in an area that's separate from my home and my kids could have their animals and like my husband could do whatever he does. I love that. But I really love the climate of BC. Like I love hiking. I love nature. We had a sailboat. I love the la- like it snows, but like, if you really want snow, you can drive to it, you know? Um, but I also a part of me thinks that I'm probably not done with having lived in hot climates. Like I would move to Costa Rica you know, and find the fruit stand guy and live my life like differently with a lot less, but I am a person who is like connected to people. And so I find as I get older, like, I don't want to leave that community, you know, Mm -hmm. like I've made all these great friends. I'm living in a city I didn't grow up in. We just moved here randomly, but I've got great people. And I'm like, dang, I don't want to do that again and meet new people, you know? So it is, it's harder as you get older and your kids get older to think about leaving. So it's probably not going to happen, but <laughs> funny you say that because, uh, shortly after the, uh, our boys were born, I threw it out there just one night to Natalie. And I said, well, if, uh, if we were ever to move to Costa Rica, mm. um, we could do it now. 
had some money in the bank. Uh, business was going good. I could still operate virtually, and and uh, um, but you leave family uh, behind. So all of all of the grandparents and um, uh, nieces, nephews, cousins, everybody's here. So mm-hmm. um, that was out of the question. If we move. It'll have to be a definite compromise between what my wife and I want um, because we do not want the same things. Um, <laughs> go figure. Um, I'll be my heart, hardest client. That's why it took us over 100 cottages to view before we actually bought one. And the one we bought was, we didn't even see it in person. Um <laughs> She wants to move to the Joshua Creek area of Oakville for their schools. Um, and Oakville is bloody expensive. Like if you look mm. at the Oakville market in terms of value, what you get there compared to where we live in Milton. Um, and it's crazy. Like you think, I don't know, our home probably now is valued in the 1.3 to $1.4 million range. It's a 2,600 square foot double car garage home, uh, nicely appointed in Oakville and Joshua Creek. That gets you a, you know, 1,700 square foot detached home with a single car garage on a decent lot. So, you know, you you have to trim back quite a bit, but I've always wanted to move to Kerr Village. I don't know if you guys know the area, Kerr Village in Oakville. Mm-hmm. It's an upcoming area. I always wanted to be able to walk to downtown Oakville. Uh, there's always just that, there's been that draw for me for years and years uh, because I like to be close to the water. I like to go for walks along the pier and, um, mm. and I, I'm a foodie. I love food. And the problem for me in Milton, um, first of all, we have nowhere to walk to. Like the only place I can get food to walk to is uh, Pizza Nova. Right. I have you walked know, downtown like, Milton from my house before. I can walk downtown Milton from I'm very close. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's my same job of Burlington. Not, it's, it's the beach, it's the water, it's the downtown. Same thing. Yep, I get it. Yep. Yep. And, I'm always uh, so impressed when people have such specific, like, I want to live in this area. Mm. That is like not a gene I carry. I'm like, well, oh, I'm here now. This is great. Like I, I don't, I'm very, um, but it, it, but almost to a fault because I just like my husband, the compromise is we're existing right now. Like we're here in Canada because of me and my work, which is ironic because I have a virtual type of job, but with the brand work that I do, all the brands are, you know, in Toronto. So it's interesting though, when you're, when a, when your partner has a very clear idea of where they'd like to be. It's tricky when that clear idea involves a different climate and a different spot near the equator, you know? <laughs> well, it's it's tricky from like as a realtor. And Joanna, you're going to experience that uh, real quick in your uh, real estate career is a lot of times people don't really know what they want. Mm-hmm. And it's only in that process that you start to realize, like I'm, I'm working with buyers right now who are past clients of mine, that one of their very specific needs, not a would like to have, it's a must have, mm-hmm. is to live in Milton and to be able to walk to a Starbucks. <laughs> <laughs> wow. 
Yeah. I'm judging hard right now. But <laughs> I, I caught that in your tone. Sorry. And, and maybe, <laughs> let, let me just say it makes it more difficult when the Starbucks on Main Street just closed, unfortunately. Yeah. I used to be able uh, but, to walk to two. Now I can only walk to one. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Well, you know, so but you know what though, and what I meant to say too is about that to say I didn't even see this house. My husband saw it. It had the things I liked. I was cool with it, and we moved. We bought a house that I didn't even see. So I think you know, I'm I'm definitely an oddball. I think in that way of, you know, making do with. Well, re- realtors, I think are are their worst clients uh, because. Mm you know, you, you start to see so many different things and you know, so many different things, but then, um, you know, you, you might see the perfect home and then just be like, ah, it's kind of overpriced Mm. or, you know, and, and you start second guessing it. And by the time you second guess it, it's, it's already gone or, or whatever. And then, then you shoot yourself in the foot and you, you start saying, oh, shoulda, coulda, woulda kind of thing. But um, yeah, well, that's probably why we haven't moved in 11 years and 10, 10 years, Adrian and I. And I think have- finding a good realtor makes a difference. Like we're quite friendly. Like we bought our first house with this, um, with this realtor and we really like him. We became friends. We go for dinner all the time, you know, pre-COVID. And then when this house came up, he knew what we liked and he was like, just throwing it out there. And we bought it based on the fact that he knew us. We came, you know, my husband saw it and it had all the right things. So I think it makes a difference when you build that rapport with your realtor and you trust them, you know? Well, I think that's a great way to end episode 120. There you go (laughs) with that quote right there. Um, (laughs) Thanks for coming on, both of you. Nice chat. Yeah, that was great. I've got an appointment booked at Glen Eden to go snowboarding now. Woo! Forward to that. <laughs> nice. That, that, I've that's got some lunch first, to eat. That's yeah. your first time out this year, so uh, be careful there. Yeah. All how 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 large is the the ski hill there? I've never been. Depends on what you're comparing it to, but it's tiny. Is it? But it what? it keeps you fit. You know, keeps keeps you in the groove. Gives you some. Keeps you kind of practiced and ready we're to just go jealous then... you're going somewhere you're doing something yeah, yeah. i am so looking forward to <laughs> you're it getting out of the house, you bastard. <laughs> i got the refund i shouldn't have now you're making me like oh i, I got the refund too i, I pushed it mm. off to next year i just bought a ticket because mm. i wanted to go okay nice yeah there you go joanna now you got a buddy that you can go with we, yeah we've already talk said that before. don't talk shop though <laughs> <laughs> all right folks uh if you have made it this uh 70 minute podcast uh through <laughs> it uh please uh make sure you like subscribe and all that fun stuff uh amanda thanks for coming on uh we'll put a uh link to where you can uh stalk amanda in the uh description below uh and joanna this was what your fifth podcast with us so oh, maybe fifth. you you're becoming a um uh, a resident KT confidential host. Uh, and we'll, uh, we'll chat soon. Have a good week, everybody. Thanks. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.